My name is Doc Sarah. And I'm Doc in Training, Elise. And we're not your typical doctors, where we're having transparent conversations about all things human performance. Join us as we create a space for all disciplines and their role in optimizing the human machine. Big conversations that will leave you satisfied. That's what she said. All right. Welcome back to Not Your Typical Doctors. I am one of your hosts, Doc and Training Elise, here with my other fabulous host, Doc Sarah. Hello, hello, and hello. Here today on episode number two, talking about approachable healthcare. Approachable healthcare. Something I think a lot of providers uh, strive to do, but unfortunately um, don't do it very well or just don't do it at all. So I think it's an important topic. And especially for this human performance related field, I do feel this is kind of like a make or break type of thing for a provider in this setting. What do you think about that? Yeah, well, I think, you know, we're like, we're usually one of one on a team. So I think approachable is incredibly necessary, not only for normalizing stigma, but also because if they're not seeing you, there's a good chance they're not seeing anybody. (laughs) And so it's really important that we are um, malleable and approachable to helping them come see us and feeling open to come see us to get their needs met. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, for me as a provider, I've definitely strived to be approachable, but I I feel like I've kind of come more into my own provider skin in this more tactical setting being embedded to be able to do that at like the level I personally as a person and a provider kind of take pride at being um, in. And it's a, a little unconventional, I would say, probably compared to other settings, but it works for me and it, it works for the, the guys in our unit. Um, so it's definitely something I feel I've been growing into over the past couple of years, but totally see the benefit with it um, and enjoy the challenge of, of kind of being, you know, pliable almost in that sense. So, yeah, I think um, I actually think it's uh, I mean, having, you know, added in working with just a variety of people as of late, I would say this sometimes blunt, um, approach, you know, uh, is actually really refreshing. Um, and I would say makes people feel, you know, much safer and validated in seeking out the healthcare that they need, which just in the long run is so much healthier for everybody. Um, but yeah, I would agree. Like I've grown into it and I've become very comfortable with it um, just in the last few years. Yeah, absolutely. I think I was telling you um, at another another time, like earlier, but I had like a perfect example of this last week as I had one of my um, newly regular uh, patients, I would say, in this setting. It's kind of a an older guy for the military. So some of our older ones are really hard to crack in terms of getting them to seek healthcare. You know, they've kind of been almost brainwashed that you, you almost don't take care of yourself or you kind of put it to the back and put the duty first. Um, so he's one of the older ones I was finally able to crack and, you know, we're getting them in and, and kind of cleaning stuff up and getting them ready for that retirement road. Um, and he made like the perfect comment to me, or at least for me, it, it kind of helped to validate that my approachability, like I said, although unconventional to sometimes to other healthcare providers, like it definitely works where I'm at. Um, and it has a positive effect in terms of healthcare which is my goal, but uh, like he was lying there and he had a doctor's appointment for another uh, reason. Um, but essentially was saying that, you know, we went to this doctor's appointment and, you know, the guy was very doctorish, you know, had the white coat and kind of blew in and it was a three minute appointment and he didn't feel like his needs were, you know, even discussed. And then he's looking at me and he's like, well, fuck that guy. I'm not going to listen to a word that guy says. I don't care if he's right. I don't care if he's wrong. Like just fuck that guy, you know? And I kind of looked at him and joked around and I'm like, well, well, why aren't you going to listen to him? And he's like, well, he's a fucking doctor. Like, fuck that guy. So (laughs) I'm like, 
you know, you know, I'm a doctor, right? And, you know, just boom, like clear as day is a snap. He's like, yeah, but you're different. He's like, I totally respect anything that you have to say. Cause even though you're a doctor, like you're different. He's like, you don't talk to me like that. And you sit down, you know, and if I need 30 minutes, you give me 30 minutes and you explain things. So I understand them. And, you know, he just kind of went on this tangent that, you know, it really made, made or break the term of doctor in that sense where, yeah. and that's, that's something I feel healthcare providers can do is they can almost make this terrible first impression that no matter, you could be the best doctor in the world. You could be so smart and, you know, have the, the intervention that fucking cures cancer. But if you can't make that approachability like happen and, and make that connection to, to be with a patient on that level, like it doesn't matter what you have to offer. Yeah. No, I, I, I completely agree. Um, what do you think, I guess, like, what is your, from these people who you've had talking to you, what is approachable? Like what makes you different? Like, what do you think is making you stand out in terms of, you know, is it how you talk to them? Is it, you know, what you're saying? Um, like you mentioned time, which I think is super important. So, you know, obviously making making a point to make sure that person feels heard, but what else do you think is there? Yeah. So I know I've gotten a few kind of echoes in my, in my time where I'm at and uh, the time's one thing that's huge, like actually sitting down and listening to someone and if they need 30 minutes, I give them 30 minutes and, you know, I look them in the eyes and, you know, I listen, I don't talk. I'm interested in what they have to say. Like, I'm not pushing out, you know, what I think should be done or anything like that. Like I give them a space to kind of tell me what's going on and what's bothering them and what hurts. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. The other thing I would probably say I do, and this is where I think it's a, it's a more, you know, unconventional approach, um, especially with doctorate level providers. You know, when you, you go to school for so long, you know, I went to school for, for seven plus years, you know, and you, you get that piece of paper and it says doctor, like a lot of people, I don't know. They to me, they almost get in the head like you have to prove your education like everywhere you go, you know, because you're a doctor and you have doctor in front of your name, so you have to use these big terms and you know, kind of push out where you think you're right or where you believe the research is. And um, a lot of times, when it comes to our patient population, like that stuff doesn't really matter, um, and they also don't really understand it. So um, I feel I tend to do a decent job with taking really complicated things whether it be medically or just human performance related, anything that I can kind of bring down to layman's terms, but put it on a more comparison level. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know we were talking that you used to do this a lot when you practice too, but tons of metaphors or just anything I can make simpler. So like, for example, I had a member who had um, known like nerve root compression in their spine, right? And I was trying to get them to understand the severity level of the nerve root compression. And, you know, I could use all the big words in the world. I can be like, oh, you have, you know, spinal stenosis and fatty infiltrate and blah, 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 blah. All this shit they don't care about because they don't know what it is. I know what it is, which is important for me to be able to interpret it for them, but they don't know what it is. So I literally gave, you know, nerve root compression breakdown as level of squish. (laughs) You know, I'm telling this guy, you know, you have a small, medium or large level of squish you know, when I got out my spine model and kind Perfect. of showed, showed where the nerves come out. And as soon as I did that, you know, it was like a light bulb. And he actually came back a couple of weeks later um, after having like a nerve conduction, literally like a little smile on his face. And he's like, I had this done and I have medium level of squish. And I just like to take a <laughs> and minute. And it clicked. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. like, I would just and like it made to sense. take a minute. Yeah. And he's like, not only that, he's like, but the way you describe it with your enthusiasm, he's like, I remember it. Like, I remember squish. Mm-hmm. I don't remember whatever the fuck you said about fatty, blah, blah, blah. Like not fatty infiltrate. I remember squish because yep. you know it's quirky or it makes sense or, you know, it's more relatable. So yeah, that's something that I feel. So um, I also tend to have a much lighter, um, playfuler vernacular yeah. <laughs> than some um, professionals, uh, especially in the setting. You know, I joke around and and say, I don't know if I would ever fit in anywhere else because, you know, I'm kind of so used to just kind of talking the way I would talk in, in certain settings, you know, where I can, mm-hmm. I could swear and kind of be relatable. And, 
even though that might not work for some providers for this setting that I'm in, like it's, it's, it works. So, um, yeah, yeah. I think that's like, uh, so I, I once heard that, you know, if you write in black pen or like black and white lettering, you know, is, um, (laughs) I'm I'm about to speak in a metaphor. (laughs) And then we'll talk about it for (laughs) us. But like, you know, when you write in black and white, um, that your brain can remember it. It's just a little bit more difficult. It's usually cast away, like, you know, the, um, the faded memories from inside out. And, um, but, you know, but if you write in color, like a highlighter or colored pens, your brain is more likely to take a picture and remember what it's seeing. And so I feel like, I feel like to wrap that metaphor up, like we speak in gel pens, like we speak colorfully. Like <laughs> it's remembered. Yeah. Because that's, I mean, you're right. I, I speak, um, I speak in metaphors a lot and it's, uh, you know, because I think like you said, I, I could toss out, the, the fancy word, the clinical term. Um, but I want them to understand. I feel like that's how you empower them. That's how you give them back, you know, a self-awareness is mm-hmm. if I can get you to understand this through something else you already understand. Now you understand it and maybe are more likely to do something about it because you just have that much more self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's, that's what I've seen. Like I have a bunch of like 3d joint models right for like msk yep. stuff and i'll be like let me get my shoulder model and like show you where your super spinatus is torn and i'll do that and I, you like you literally just don't see the light bulb come on sometimes you know they're having a hard time understanding like is this the front is this the back like it's hard to understand that your rib cage is in front of this and that so um i've taken you know stuff as as easy as muscle tears and been like okay so we don't understand the models like cool i don't fine. Like I still show them. And then I kind of then really taper off to, okay. So like imagine a rope and you have a rope and you're tugging on this rope. So every time your muscle glides, you know, that's the rope loosening and tightening, like respectively, when you have a tear, you know, it starts as the rope fraying. And as you squish it and, you know, tighten it and lengthen it over and over again, what happens to that fray? Right. And you can picture this in your mind, you go from that little fray And the more you tighten and pull and tighten and pull and tighten and pull, it's going to keep fraying until eventually your rope or your piece of string, you know, whatever terminology I use at the time, it breaks, you know? And as soon as I do that, they're like, well, that makes total sense. (laughs) Right. You know, I totally get why my muscle is torn and, and where it's torn. So yeah, for me, metaphors have been very valuable. um, I think it makes them a little, it makes it a little less scary. Um, But yeah, I mean, and again, back to that approachability. Um, I feel like, you know, the best care in different fields, like when I'm in a field outside of my own and I would say, you know, stepping over and like, if I were to go to a physical therapist, um, you know, who were to explain to me like what was going on when I tore my rotator cuff in a way that didn't sound like, you know, I'm going to cut you open and we're going to do this, this, and this, it's all way above your head and you're going to be, you know, down for six months. Literally all I heard was you're cutting me open and I'm going to be down for six months. Like none of that feels helpful. You know, it's very scary. I'm going to probably run away from it because that's uncomfortable versus like what you said, where you, you break it down. I now understand my body. You've made it a little bit easier for me. And now I'm much more comfortable to consider, you know, I'm not, I'm not thinking in such quite of a, um, emotional state, fight or flight state. Yeah. Um, I know. Yeah. yeah. And so no, I know totally. Um, and that definitely, thinking, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, and it's okay. I was just going to, I was thinking about like, um, the coaches, uh, we've had such fantastic coaches on that team, um, that I have just gained so much knowledge from. And often I would probably say like, it was always through a metaphor. I'll never forget. Um, one of your, uh, one of your current coaches, like, well, they were teaching me how to do a bench press and they told me to put like my shoulder blades in my back pocket. And that has stuck with me. I don't bench press right now. I don't really have like any time on my hands, but that, but like, it's, it's changed how I hold myself. It's changed how like I do just about any muscle movement. Right. Cause before that I'm just, I'm doing it to get the job done. 
I'm not thinking about it. I'm just doing it. If my body can't step up to the plate, that's my body's problem. (laughs) But somebody takes a second to get the light bulb to go off over my head. You've, you've changed it forever for me. Absolutely. Yeah. And for me, it's, it's more important, not only for that, but I feel like for like that mind body connection, Mm because when you're truly understanding like what's happening with your body, you know, you're more body awareness and more connected and you're just able to put more thought and be more motivated in your healing. Um, overall, you feel in charge of it. Absolutely. So you feel like, Hey, I got to handle what's going on. Like I know my rope is frayed. Um, so what do I need to do about it? And yeah, so that, that's another benefit that I've totally seen, um, with that. So it's almost like kind of finding that nice line, almost where you're blurring into the gray area, but where you're an educated professional, but you're an approachable professional, like we're still educated. I still have a doctorate. I still know what all those crazy words mean. I can totally pull them out when I need to pull them out. And I do, you know, meetings with other doctors or when I'm approaching physicians or, um, sometimes even with command staff, I'll have to pull it out, you know, to, to get them to understand how serious it is or what have you. But yeah, um, I think that you, uh, you know, that's another really good point. Um, just like being, uh, that we are like translators. Um, but also in a way, again, I guess, go back, going back to the approachable, we are approachable or we attempt to be approachable in a way that it's like, we create a space where we normalize that that's how we're going to communicate. Right. So I don't, um, I don't necessarily have somebody come to me clearly looking confused or maybe worried or, you know, and then even, I don't even call them out on that either. Like I'm not sitting there going, you know, do you have any questions and that's it? Or, you know, is there something you don't understand? Like I'm probably just going to explain it with the metaphor to begin with. I'm going to, you know, use like a mixture of, well, this clinical term and, you know, that sounds a little bit hokey. So let me break it down for you. And that's just like my normal approach. So, you know, none of my clients are um, like per se different. Like I'm not treating any of them necessarily different. I think you kind of are very similar where it's like, this is my approach. This is how I'm treating all of you. I'm going to speak this way to all of you. And so now it's this way where it's like, I'm not talking down to you. This is just how I practice. Yeah. And if anything, I've gotten nothing but positive feedback, you know, literally they appreciate they're like, because you explained it in squish, I totally get it. You know, and I, and I went home and told my family or I told my wife and I was able to explain what was going on in my body to my family. And now my family understands like why I'm in pain or why I'm grumpy sometimes. And yeah, it's just, just different tools, you know, effective ways. And I do feel like, yep. Um, the longer, you know, that we've been in this setting, that's where you can kind of rely on your body skill awareness. Like you're saying, like, we don't change the, the words. I do try to put some of the medical terms out there, um, just so they have an awareness, you know, if it comes up in other, um, doctor's appointments or in anything like that, but I definitely go right into metaphors and breaking it down. And I pretty much go on that lane until I see that light bulb. Like you can see mm-hmm. the body awareness where they're like the aha oh, moment. Yeah. Got it. It's a fraying rope. Cool. You know, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's yeah. And um, you know, to that, right? Like, yeah, using all the explanations, like, hey, look, I'm gonna let me break it down so that you feel I always came from the angle of I'm happy to work myself out of a job. Um, You know, I'm happy to educate because I think that's one of the most powerful things that we can do um, is to educate somebody on their human machine so that they are um, aware of it. They're more likely to seek out, you know, seek us back out when something in that metaphor seems off because now we've given them the language to come back to us and say, you know, my squish feels like it's going down or, um, you know, in my world, it's teaching them what their brain is doing. Um, you know, like, Hey, uh, you know, fight or flight's a real thing. You can't control it. Um, you know, comparison is something we neurobiologically do. And, you know, like these kinds of things where I'm normalizing a human reaction or a human emotion. And now I'm giving you back like the education and potentially some control over it just by having awareness. Now you can explain it to other people, your loved ones, which might help relationships improve. 
you can come back to me, help me understand what's going on because we mm -hmm. now understand each other's baseline. And then I'm going to add in the clinical terms to improve your ability to advocate for your own self in your own healthcare Correct. to providers outside of our interaction. Yeah. And I would say that's the other thing in terms of healthcare that especially in this setting I've done, and I know you have done the same thing, um, you know, when you practice, but the advocacy, you know, really fueling them up, like, you know, this is what's wrong with you. And these are literally all your options. Like I'm a layout. If you got 10 different options for treatment, mm -hmm. I'm gonna lay them all out for you. Like I'm gonna educate you. You make the choice. And then, you know, when you go to that provider, I'm gonna write down a list of, of questions for you to ask. I want you to walk in there. I want you to act like, you know what you're talking about. I want you to get all the questions you want answered. And if you don't understand them, that's fine. Bring them back to me and we'll talk mm -hmm. about all your squish, you know, until I know that you're comfortable and understand it so that you can make an education, you know, an educated decision on what you want to do with your body. Because that's what I always yep. say to the people. They're like, well, you know, I'm so used to going to the doctor and they just say, well, this is what we're going to do, you know, or they give you just two yes. options and there's no, you know, they don't have time to look it up or this and that. And I always tell the people like, you got to put your foot down, man. Like, this is your body. You have this body for the rest of your life. You don't get a new one. Mm -hmm. You can't like change her out. Like you can get an oil change sometimes or like a new knee every now and then or whatever. But like, this is your body, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, yeah, you, you can't, you can't divorce your body. No, no. Unless you die. You like, <laughs> yeah. Like you're not, you're, you're stuck with this one. You can get some replacement parts, but yeah, I, um, yeah. I, but, and I think that is like, that's the uniqueness of a human performance team or working in like the human performance, you know, interdisciplinary situation, because I, I can't blame, I'll never like it. Um, but I can't blame the clinic that can only provide 20 minute appointments. Um, you know, and I can't blame a lot of them. I still think that they can shift their delivery. And I think you can make an, a 20 minutes really effective. Um, I know because we have, mm -hmm. but I, I also believe that we have this really unique opportunity to, you know, to change um, the experience for some, uh, you know, to create this idea that you can have a different experience. Um, you know, and, and take the opportunity. I can't tell you how many times, and I know you have as well, but how many times this approachable, you know, uh, delivery has allowed me the opportunity to also, um, have an open conversation with somebody who's had a terrible experience in therapy, um, who's had a terrible experience with providers and what that did to them, not taking care of themselves. And so then again, taking that opportunity to say, let's talk about it. Like, tell me, tell me how you really feel. Like, mm -hmm. let me, oh, yeah. let me, I've let totally me normalize that. that. Yeah. We're, we're not all great out there. Um, you know, and, and I think that you should shop around when you can and make the most of your resources and your tools. And, and we should be, that's a huge part of the responsibility. I think of this role in a human performance setting is, is that is, is being, an advocate, an educator, um, you know, and a, a safe space for them to uh, just figure out what they need and how to go get it. Absolutely. I can't tell you how many times, like, especially when I first started, but even more now, now that the guys were kind of breaking down barriers and getting guys to, you know, take care of themselves as they go and, you know, they get this opinion and they come back to me and they're like, well, I want to talk it over we talk it over and I'm like, well, how do you feel about it? And they're like, well, I didn't like my experience and I don't like my options. So I'd be like, okay, like, let's get you a second opinion. And I can't tell you how many people are like, I can, I can do that. Like, I can, <laughs> I can get another opinion. Like, fuck yes. Again, this Absolutely. is your body, dude. You can get fucking 12 opinions if, you know, whatever you want. Like it's your body. It's your body. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Yeah. 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 I you mean, know? and there's, you know, consequences and, um, and we can walk you through all of those. And, um, but again, let me educate you about all the options that exist and then use some really awesome metaphor and, um, you know, and just, yeah, I, I think you, you mentioned a really great thing about breaking down barriers and, um, there again, going back to most of the roles 
you know, that these human performance, that human performance is going to sit in is also going to have like such a high performing culture, a um, little bit rough around the edges. You know, we are, if you are not going into this world, I don't care. I really don't care if you're a man or a woman, honestly. I, I think if you're not going into this thinking that you have some sort of an uphill battle to like earn the ability to like, um, to be in oh, with totally. a group of performers, yeah. like, you know, elite athletes, tactical performers, first responders, I don't care what it is. I think that if you are not expecting that, you've already done yourself and the people you're about to serve a disservice. Right. Cause you're already walking in unapproachable <laughs> and my, in my opinion, it's super, you know, whether it's first responders or military or, or even high performance athletes, like, unfortunately, hate to say it, but, you know, shocker to everybody, super clicky, very bro code. Um, that's just <laughs> how those types of, you know, that higher level, that's just how they're designed. You know, they, they kind of flock in packs. Um, they know that they're not, you know, there's not a lot of them out there. They are different from other people. Um, in terms of their personality and their drive and motivation, you know, there are certain mm-hmm. characteristics that set these people apart from, you know, I would say gen pop. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it does almost become a little clicky. Um, and you, you do, you have to work hard. And I would say, unfortunately, because it tends to be a male dominated field, women do have to work a little bit harder. Um, that's just yeah. reality. That's not a yeah. discrimination thing. I'm totally a female doing this and it just, it is what it is, but once you break that barrier and like you're in, like you're in, you don't, you don't really have to work that hard. Once you kind of get in, you just got to maintain, you know, you just got to keep your rapport and keep your vernacular and, and keep everything approachable. And then you're fine. You know, I've been there three yep. years and I got shot with three Nerf guns today, you know, during my work day. <laughs> and it's cause I'm in, you know, yeah. and I'm okay yeah. with it. I actually yeah. own two. I, I have two in my work desk drawer you know, right next to my bottle of whiskey, because that's just, I'm in. And that's just yeah. what it is. You know, I remember one of the first, um, I remember one of the first retreats that I went on, uh, military veteran, you know, veterans with PTSD, um, retreats that I went on. And it was like, I don't know, the third or fourth day and man, they had just been letting me have it. And this was like one of my first, and I knew, you know, the, I knew the experience. I knew the culture I was going into having, you know, been a military spouse, um, but it was like the, I think it was the fourth day and it's just one of those, it's like, right when you are not sure, like right when you're kind of like, I don't know, I don't know if I've done a good job. I don't know if they see me. Um, they, they dumped water <laughs> on my head. That sounds terrible, but, um, I was sitting outside, like sitting outside talking with somebody and they had like pushed open the window on the second story and like dumped a bucket of water on my head. See, that's love. Oh, that's all the love. (laughs) Like, you know, there's love when you're shot with guns or your Nerf guns, Nerf guns, folks, um, poured water on something, you know, or if they make a meme about you, you are in like Flint, you know? Yeah. 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 When they, when they drop the, you know, yeah, the, the sarcasm and, um, the inside, you know, the jokes and the jabs, Mm -hmm. um, there is, there is just something, you know, you got to have, you got ha- to be tough. You got to be able to take it, probably dish a little bit of it. Um, you you know, do, like but it, just- it adds to that approachability as soon as they see yeah. like, oh my God, you know, nobody, none of my patients like think I'm not educated just because of, you know, my, my laid back kind of behavior. And that's, that's something I think is what we're, you want to, I guess, kind of achieve when we're talking about approachable healthcare. Like they're all very transparent that they're like, I come to you because I know that you know what you're talking about and I I trust what you're talking about. Here's a really good, I just, it just kind of, it just, I thought of that. I just thought of this, like one of the greatest reasons, right, is you're going to get into this position. You're going to work with these individuals and you're going to have to be ready for the test, right? (laughs) Because the test is going to come. Like, this is the reason they know you're educated because at some point they're like, yeah, fuck it. I'll, you know, let me, let me see if I can push this boundary. Oh, let yeah. me see if I can test this knowledge. Let me see if they, you know, and it's not really a, it's not really a test to see if you're educated because we're not in these roles being uneducated. It's a test to see if you're approachable, mm-hmm. you know? So it's going to be like, I got this going on. I got this going on. I got this going on. Like for me, sometimes it's like a shock value story. Sometimes it's, um, you know, like 
their their behavior or the symptoms they're reporting or whatever. Um, but it's in that moment they want to see how I receive it and how I educate about it. You know, <laughs> no, you're totally right. In a second, like if I were to sit there and be like, oh, you know, like my body language, my facial expression, the tone that I'm about to speak in, it's all a test, folks. That's your you, time to shine. <laughs> yeah. And if you bust it on one of those things, like it, good luck ever getting it back. Yeah. Yeah. Very, and it, very likely not to get a second opportunity. And it'll happen time and time again. And it's so funny because it's exactly what you're explaining. I see every time we get someone new to the unit. Like they almost come in. Right. So you build your rapport with your guys. You know, we do, you know, when yeah. Elise was on staff, we used blood to in the like water, very regular educational briefs to the unit. And I remember when we were a new team during those talks, oh man, they would roast us with questions. You know, they'd be like, oh, well, yeah. my dad's dot, you know, my dad's cousin is an anesthesiologist and he says BCAs are bad, you know. Jesus Christ, they would just bring up <laughs> whatever and you would have to, you know, come and maintain eye contact. And like that's your time educationally to shine. But it's so yeah. funny. I'll get these new guys and they come in and they're all the same. They're all in that kind of like, are you smart? Like, why are you here? Are you approachable? Yeah. So they come in. Are you in just going to shut me down? Yeah. Like what's going to happen? And w- one of my most recent ones, this guy literally walks in, right? And he's like, I have all these problems. I'm like, okay, let's make an appointment. So he makes an appointment. He comes back and he starts telling me what special tests I need to do on him. So he's like, I totally went on WebMD and like physiopedia. <laughs> And I think you need to do a favor and I think you need to do this and this, right? So he's rattling them all off. So, you know, that's it. Like, that's my cue. I definitely know now, but it was very noticeable then, you know, too, at the time, Mm -hmm. but you do have to be aware as a healthcare provider, like this is it. So this is your time to not only be approachable, don't get pissed, don't roll your eyes, don't, don't do the things that doctors do, you know, where they shrug or they, or they don't look up what that would do, you know, like, blah, this is the time that you need to be like, okay, let's talk about it. I went through every fucking test that he laid out. And I'm like, here's what that test means. Here's what it tests. Here's why and why not it would work for you. Next one. Bam, bam, bam. This guy brought in like 10 tests, by the way, wrote them all down. And we just went through every one. And at the end, he was like, okay, I'll do whatever you say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause you, you showed, you showed up and you like accepted the challenge. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's, um, uh, I remember, I, <laughs> I remember when I first started my very first day in that unit that um, our coach at the time was like, all right, you got nothing to do. Come down with me to the gym and help us run tests. And I'm just like, okay, here we go. Like, you know, I'm just following along (laughs) blindly like a fucking sheep. And he takes me out to the gym and you guys were, they were doing. We totally had you do white balance testing. I so remember this. No, no, no. Nope. That would have probably been even better. Um, I took body fat measurements. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. We had you take the pictures too with everybody in their skimmies. Yeah, no, that was, that was after. So like this was, this was right before you started. So right before you started, we had, it was one of the first, um, one of their like annual, you know, testings. And, but I had to sit there with a clipboard <laughs> as all these guys are like shirts ripped off. And I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus. Like, all right, here we go. <laughs> I'm like sitting there going, this was a good, uh, good job change. All right. And your name is sir. And, and you're 5% um, body fat. Got it. <laughs> I know. And I was like, okay, I'm not participating in this sport, but I'm, I'm here to say, hello. How are you? I'm mental health. Let me go ahead and take your stats yeah. down. Well, that's an intimidating um, situation and not every I mean, provider. probably for both of us, right? Like there was a test all day because like, mm-hmm. first off, I'm a female coming into the gym. So I got to act like none of this bothers me. Yeah, but I'm you're new. Cool, they don't know But you. I'm new. They don't know mm-hmm. me. I've got mental health tattooed to my forehead mm-hmm. and, you know, and trying to seek out the opportunity to, you know, introduce myself make make fun of myself like laugh about the situation but also take it seriously um and just and and honestly like vulnerably show up for the day i feel like there were plenty of opportunities in that first six months that one was one and you know our coach pat at the time was like he was very much he was like they just need to see you in their element Mm -hmm. to know that you give a damn to be here and i was like a hundred percent and i loved that he as the coach recognized that and made that opportunity exist for me and then proceeded to do that for myself and for you for like the next six months that we would mm-hmm. just like, 
you know, it'd be like, okay, here's the opportunity go, you know, like just go and show up and be there. And we um, were there and, and we be awkward and we had to rock and we yeah. ran when we had to run and we were there. Yeah. We were there at 6am or 7am. I haven't done that many push-ups, and I didn't even do that many, but I hadn't done that many push-ups since like band camp in high school and got to uh, do it. It's, it's still like, not good at them, but I, I did it. I, you know, and I did it even if it was so afterwards they could, you know, nag me about my form. But again, even that was like, you're doing something right. Mm-hmm. because it wasn't about your form they were acknowledging that they saw you doing it yeah that's it that's that's all it takes you know going out in the field once every now and then or joining in on a rock I mean we structured our program where we would have like our team lead um some unit-wide PT sessions every Friday and then it would it cut down after that but in the beginning it was every Friday and for us it was a huge opportunity to do exactly what you're saying like we showed up not only were we running the events but we would do the events you know, mm-hmm. we would do runs and rocks and, you know, we have a 24 hour run in this unit and like we go to the run and we sign up for a flagship and, you know, you really have to just be part of the family. And I think that's a huge part of approachability um, in this human performance setting. You know, whether you're talking about tactical athletes, tactical professionals, military, um, high performance, you know, athletes, like I said, they all, you know, characteristically are going to have very similar traits and, and they are they're different. They're different people. You know, they're yeah. motivated and they're protective and, you know, they, they definitely all have similar attributes and it, it is a very family-like setting. Yeah. Well, and yeah, it, like you said, high performers, right? Like everybody, everybody that we are serving as a high performer, when they come to us, I think we have to respect and immediately acknowledge that for whatever reason that they're sitting across from us, we, I, I think that we can be intimidating for the sake of the fact that like what we are going to do with them, like their brains are probably immediately saying, Oh my God, I'm broken. You know, I have a question. Um, please don't assume that I can't do my job. Right. Cause that's what they're doing. Like they're coming to us and what they're going to see us about directly impacts their ability to do their job because they're their entire body, <laughs> their human machine has to stay performing to do the job that they're providing, right? Like they can't necessarily do their job with a broken leg, a busted back. I mean, some of them do, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, but, or, or debilitating anxiety, a TBI, like there's so many things about their job in this world. When you use your entire body to do your job that they're coming to us, we have to, I think, first and foremost, understand there's probably a fear, like, please don't take my ability to do what I either love to do, what provides for my family to do, um, you know, what I only know how to do. Please don't take that away. Please don't threaten that. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the last conferences I attended down in Washington, DC, don't agree with them a whole lot, but they actually coined this phrase like perfectly where they said the human performance program, like their true mission is to optimize the human weapon system. I mean, I think that mm-hmm. states it perfectly when you're talking about the military. Um, and then for your high performance athletes, you're just talking about the human machine because that is their job. It's not necessarily a weapon, but their body is their job. Um, you know, it's, it's the reason for their for their paycheck and their motivation. And so I think that that really coins it perfectly that human performance, opt- you know, it's optimizing the human weapon system. Yeah, so. optimization. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah. a good way to put it. Wonderful. No, it is. Yeah. I think that's I all great stuff. I love approachable healthcare and I will be, you know, bro and having a drink at the end of the day with my guys till the end of time. So yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, here for I, it. I, I am, I am here to, you know, yeah, to, I, I don't think I would ever want to go back. I think that's why like, it'd be really hard. I think I would probably really fail in like a, a, a clinic setting where I would not have that opportunity to be approachable. Um, yeah, I really, I really enjoy being in that space. And if I can change, you know, every, the people I treat one person at a time and change their opinion, normalize the stigma or get rid of it just a little bit more. Yeah. Or just help make healthcare in general, be approachable. Like, even though you're an approachable provider, like that's our end state, you know, now I have somebody that wants to take care of themselves. 
and that will listen and actually go get second opinions or see specialists, you know, because yeah. we've talked and they actually understand or they're educated on what's going on. So yeah. essentially they feel empowered to do so. Yeah. For me, it's mm-hmm. like a power move for all healthcare, like as cliche, cliche as that sounds, but it is a positive movement in that way. And for me, that's, that's why true. it's just super valuable to kind of hang on to it's empowerment for the patient, but it's also empowerment just for healthcare as a whole to hopefully revolutionize over time. And I would love to see more of this, uh, especially in the So how do you, sector. yeah, I was going to say, so that said, like, what is your, what's your suggestion? And I'm going to, I'm going to think about mine, but what is your suggestion for people who are like, yeah, I want to be more approachable. Like, what do I do? That is a great question to ask all of a sudden. <laughs> Um, okay. So off the top of my head, I would say one of the biggest things that I probably had to change as a provider. So like total self-reflection here is you definitely have to get to a point where you are interested and not interesting. So a lot of doctors, right. A lot of doctors, I feel get into, like I said, the big vernacular and they have the white coat and everything's all sterile, you know, and they want to put out, like, I get it. I, I went to school a long time, dudes. I totally get it. Um, they want to put out the education, right? They want to seem smart and they, they want to seem like they know what they're talking about. So they come off like, you know, listen to me, I am interesting, right? I have these big words and I'm explaining all these things. Um, and I think that's where it gets lost a lot. I think if the healthcare provider, you know, that's something I do internally is I sit and I'm like, I want to show that I'm interested in them. So I'm just going to shut the fuck up. I'm going to sit there. I'm going to shut up. I'm going to let them talk and explain it how they want to explain it, even if it's wrong. Like, I can't tell you how many times someone's explaining what's wrong with their body. And in my mind, I'm like, physiologically, that's not fucking right. But, you know, we'll talk about it and we'll clear that up later. You know, let them get it off their chest. Show that you actually care and are truly interested in what they have to say as a person. And I think, number one, that's the first barrier that needs to be, you know, changed and that you can kind of roll as a healthcare provider. And once you get in that flow of being interested all the time, you know, you really can build up from there would be my response to that. That is so good. I feel like that right there, like, well, no, because like that, yeah, because like that's such a good um, immediate reflection, right? Like immediately before you take a class, before you read a book, like tomorrow you can go into your practice with the idea of like, am I interested or am I trying to be interesting? Now that's a definite, like, um, I, you know, you need to be confident, but humble. And mm-hmm. I feel like that is another way of capturing that. Um, yeah, I used I, to like physically stop myself. Um, and this was many years ago. Like I said, I've been out, I'm going on like 12 years. So I probably made this change for me personally as a provider. Um, it probably took me a couple of years, you know, two, three years, I'd say maybe, that three-ish year, I started realizing like the way I was talking, I'm like, this isn't working. You know, people are getting better, but you know, is, is are they satisfied? Am I satisfied? Like, where's the breakdown here? And as soon as I had that flip where I personally would actually have to stop myself, you know, I would think I'd take like five seconds to think, am I being interesting or am I showing an interest in them? Like I literally would ask myself the question in the middle of a history taking or in the middle of an exam. Um, to kind of stop myself and almost reframe. And now obviously I don't have to do that anymore. It's become second nature, but yeah, if you can almost like ask yourself, you know, silently in your head, but take that time during the evaluation or during the assessment, or just when they come and ask you a question, like if you're in the Mm -hmm. setting where they can walk in for us, like just take a second before you respond and how can I respond? So I'm interested. Yeah. I was, um, I was going to say too, from, uh, I know within like the world of mental health, um, that there is a lot of like, just, you know, there are a lot of cultural books and certifications and CEUs, uh, that are, that probably exist in all of these fields. I know that they do in the first responder world. I know they do in the military world sports. Um, there's a lot when it comes to like coaching and psychology. I actually, we were talking in my class, uh, this, um, past week and it was, some of the thought bubbles that we had was, um, you know, to bridge the gap from like the space between doing and teaching. Um, and I thought that was like, I feel like that resonates here as well. 
you know, it's the same with you saying being interested versus interesting. Like what side are you on? What role are you playing? Um, right. Yeah. Where where can you teach versus, you know, you do like, where can you give an opportunity to teach them so that they can do versus you just doing? Cause I agree. I see a lot of health providers. I feel like do that, you know, where they just try to word vomit and, and do for them versus actually using it as a educational opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. The last thing I was, so kind of to build off of your interested versus interesting, I would also say like, if you don't know where you stand, get comfortable with feedback Mm -hmm. and ask for it, like seek it out in a way that's approachable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so like in the military, right? Like in the military, they do um, an AAR, you know, the after action Mm -hmm. review where it's, it's common practice to sit down and say like, what was done right? Like what was, what was the expectation? And then did we meet it? If not, like what was missing? What was done right? What was done wrong? What could be done better? And it's, it's very much a business transaction. And I would say that you could also do that. And I think that helps you step towards being interested because you're leaning into them and saying like, what do you need more of mm-hmm. as, you know, as I am your provider, um, in this subject, like, what do you need more of? Because you could have the best intention. I don't doubt that if you're in this field, you know, that you want to do something, you got into this field for a passion to serve others. The problem is, is that when you get so focused on your intent, you lose the fact that like you lose the perception, you know, the delivery. And so sitting down and asking for that feedback, like, what do you need more of? Not, oh, this is what I'm trying to give you, but what is it you're receiving and how can I be better at it for you? Um, Just to get an idea of the services you're providing, how are they being received? The message you're sending, how is it being delivered? Yeah, I think that's great. And then taking those and whether you ask for them or do like a comment box, or I know we had like the QR QR code for a while for like an anonymous Mm -hmm. comment box. You know, there's multiple ways to do that. But I'd say the biggest thing is, don't be offended by what they say, (laughs) you know, like take the comments as, you know, a a way to transform your journey as a healthcare provider forward. Like be great. I always see it for me. Like whenever I get negative feedback or negative comments, I'm always like, like fucking thank you. Thank you. Cause I was totally oblivious. And now that you've brought it to my attention, like, thank you, because I I want to be better and I want to try to grow every day. And you know, it's, it's so easy as a healthcare provider to get oblivious in your own shit. Right. Cause you know, you think you're, you think you're great. And like, you think, you know, you know, I always say you're smart in what you know. Right. But you know, there comes that line when it's an area that you don't know, or maybe it's not coming off the way that you, you know, is appreciated. So I always feel very grateful when I get that feedback. So that would be, yeah, the biggest like circle home with that is don't be offended. Like yeah. see it as an opportunity for growth, man. It, it's, I love feedback, you know, and, mm-hmm. and for me, like if you get negative feedback and again, I wouldn't consider it negative, but see it as a challenge. You know, that's kind of how I look at it. Like if I read a comment and it kind of fires me up a little bit, you know, for me, it's like a challenge. It's like, oh shit. Like now what am I going to do to change, you know, to overcome this obstacle so that this isn't, that this isn't a feedback anymore. So yeah. use it as a little gasoline to the old fire a. Yep. Yep. And and get outside of your own head too, right? Like if you are trying to become more approachable, if you have teammates that you can, you know, if you have another part of the interdisciplinary team, bounce it off of each other, like grab a group for feedback and then sit down with it, digest it, you know, and the same reason that you don't fire off an email mad, um, you know, I, I think it's the same thing. Like get the mm-hmm. feedback, sit with it. Find somebody you trust and bounce it off of them so they can see it through um, an unbiased brain and then figure out what you're going to do with it. Like that's, I think, a, yeah, I think that's a big part of that's making huge. yourself yeah. approachable for sure. Because this is one of the settings that I would say I have seen, um, and I'm sure you're going to know my examples, but I'm, I'm going to keep them pretty anonymous, but I've seen people who are super smart, right? They're like really, they're really good at their job. They're probably a great PT or a great strength coach or a great mental health provider, right? But because of what you're saying, like where they're they're they won't take the feedback and they get offended and they're kind of like so focused on their passion that they're in this fucking tunnel, right? 
and they're just demolishing everything on the outside, you know? So I've seen people who they're so smart. It's some of the smartest people I've probably seen, you know, in this type of work professionally and they fail, they fail in this setting. And it's because of that. It's because they don't have the approachability. It's because they're not taking the feedback and they get fired. They get let go. They have to transition to a different setting, you know, and these people come out of it. And I've seen, I've seen these people and talked to them, you know, after or during their transition and they're devastated, you know, and they still, they're like, I don't understand what I did wrong. You know, I was smart and I executed this program. And, you know, so I would say that's one thing that I think the human performance setting will kind of eat you up at is if you don't have that approachability, you know, you're not going to make it no matter how smart you are, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, I think that siloed. Yeah. You got to get out of your own way. Um, and understand that your best intention, your biggest passion, uh, you have no control. You really have no control over the way that message is received. But sometimes even if you try and understand how the messaging is received, that's like, then that feedback is how you could possibly change your influence, change your approachability. Um, and gr- get that great knowledge out to people. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it yeah. is great knowledge, but if you you know, if the telephone line, you know, I just always imagine the old telephone game, like I got a can in my ear and you got a can in your ear, but if the cord's cut, ain't nobody hearing in the cans, you know what I mean? So you, you got to yep. do what you can to, to get that flow of information to, to flow essentially. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's yep. great. And I just want to no, say, I, I appreciate agree. you as an approachable healthcare provider. It was always Thank such you. a you know joy. What? I, yeah, I, I, that was, I, I, I agree. And that makes a team that much more functional when, you know, I can go to you and I can ask a question and you can explain it to me the same way you would a client and vice versa. And I never took offense to you. I never saw it as a challenge to you, you know, coming to me with a question about a client or about a subject because, you know, again, I was interested and I saw it as an opportunity, you know, and and so the same thing, it makes your interdisciplinary team that much stronger thrive to take yeah. to yeah to have that approachability team-wide so I agree I, I appreciated um I appreciated that about about you guys as well that's awesome well everybody no. stay approachable yeah if stay approachable anyth- right? if you learn anything today stay approachable and be interested and not interesting remember stay, that stay that, tuned yeah remember that's what she said <laughs> I love it. Like, and remember, that's what she said. I mean, that is, that is that is what. Stay approachable. Like what you hear? Click and subscribe, and leave us a five star review. Questions, comments, or ideas for an upcoming episode? Email us at notyourtypicaldoctors at gmail.com. Don't forget, connect with us on LinkedIn and follow us on Instagram at notyourtypicaldoctors. Talk to you later.